0: Hello and welcome back to Leafs podcast. I'm talking today with Leafs Chief Executive Caroline Drummond and we're going to be discussing just where things are at the moment with the farming industry. Caroline, hello.
1: Hi there, Justine. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. I no doubt Storm Francis has been battering the Cornish shores. It has indeed, yes. Very windy down here. What was it like with you? The same. And I thought in many ways, the extent of the storm, particularly as it's kind of come at the end of August, symbolised the kind of topsy-turvy state of the farming industry at the moment. You know, we've got this massive storm and then we've still got crops in the ground waiting to be harvested nearly in September. I don't think I can remember a year quite like
1: it. No, I mean, I I think just looking at crop yields and, and actually also on the back of last September as well, where farmers were not able to drill, yields are quite low across the country now and then as exactly as you say it is very stormy and a huge challenge let's hope you know we get some good prices for farmers and let's hope that we can get some good crops established going into next year 2021 and boy what a year that is going to be with so many changes afoot
0: and that's really the the topic of our chat today it feels like to me we've got tremendous opportunities within our grass but somehow at the moment they almost feel just out of reach. I think it's fair to say that we're definitely seeing a commitment from government to place the environmental agenda at centre stage. We've got the 25 year environment strategy, we've got the agriculture bill currently making its way through parliament with changes to the way farmers are going to be paid, now through Elms. Last month we saw the launch of the national food strategy, promising to be the biggest shake-up in our food system for 75 years and added to this we've got Brexit and the effects of the coronavirus pandemic which really exposed the fragility of our food supply systems and probably reawakened public consciousness about the true value of food and of course the climate and ecosystem emergency continues amidst all these massive changes and probably remains the biggest crisis of our time. So it feels like we've got these potentially really powerful tools in the box. But what I'd just like to explore with you, Caroline, today is how do farmers and the wider industry grab these tools to the best effect and just use them to build back something better and stronger and more resilient to future shocks and just build back greener.
1: Well I think uh, as you say there is a lot of things going on and I I kind of almost visualize it like an old clock and all the cogs all going round but somehow they're all just not quite interconnecting yet. And I think this is going to be the challenge, the importance of creating a big framework with vision. And that's, well, that's uh, ultimately that's government's job to do. But for farmers, it's finding out where is your place in all of this. And I think one of the most important things is recognising there is always going to be change. So if you look back 30 years when we started with LEAF and uh, 2021, we're going to be celebrating 30 years of of leaf and putting into play our strategy, our next 10-year strategy, to make sure that as an organisation we're fit for purpose. But farmers, as you say, are resilient, have had change all the way along, but it's making sure now, against all the changes, whether they be political, climate, technical, social changes, you can build back a resilient business. And that's why, to me, integrated farm management is always such a strong framework for really trying to work out those areas where, you're doing it right technically those areas where you know you need to make either new investments or change the process right through to actually you know what are the values of of your own individual farm and I think you know if there's one thing that is going to be so key it's for farmers to be making sure they are in control of the things that they really know they can control and that may be your market to a certain extent if you're selling into one particular market and knowing what the specification is there it Maybe that actually it's more geared up towards your soil management or those areas where you know that you've got a certain amount of pride. It may be biodiversity and therefore thinking, you know, these are the special areas on my farm that I want to ensure are within countryside stewardship and are really gearing up towards being part of the new elms as that develops as well. So I think being in control of the things that you are in control of is is number one. And then number two is really trying to identify those areas that are going to be a big challenge and, and work out almost sort of mitigation approaches to how to start looking at, you know, what are the risks here? What's the uncertainties? And how can I minimise those risks at the end of the day? And I think, without a doubt, you've alluded to some of them around climate change, but also, you know, huge pressure on ensuring net carbon zero around fuel usage and fossil fuels, around fertiliser usage, around pesticides, all of which expose both from a, a public pressure perspective, from a climatic perspective, but also so from a legislative perspective and it's you know, really trying to gear in terms of the, the level of responsibility. And, and that's where things like the Leaf Sustainable Farming Review is always such a good tick box in trying to match your practices against integrated fertilizer management practices and integrated pest management practices within the framing of, of obviously integrated farm management. And then I think, you know, the other area is, is that sort of focus on those new areas of where you fit within your local community. And that may be through things like... Like open farm sunday and public engagement and footpaths and education areas like you know linking up for example with farmer time right through to getting engaged with local schools and visits and training and gearing up with that or it might be actually thinking about local staff and commitments to the local community with new markets. So there's some really interesting dynamics of actually trying to almost refocus on that triple bottom line of economics and social and environment values.
0: I was also wondering whether I could just hear your thoughts on how you see the opportunities coming ahead in COP26. I don't know about you, but it feels that the 2020s are almost like do or die decade. We we feel very much a a turning point for our planet. And do you see opportunities coming with COP26 to come together and commit to urgent climate
1: action? Without a doubt. And I think when you start looking objectively of what we deliver as a farming industry here in the UK, it is world leading. And the challenge is we haven't quite got the infrastructure all set and geared up for 2021 as yet. But there is such a huge opportunity for us to be doing some show and tell around the ambitions behind what has been set out through the environment reports and, you know, some world leading activities clearly demonstrated by LEAF members. I'm so proud to see the wonderful things that I know are... leaf mark growers are delivering against right through to obviously our demonstration farms and you just look in awe about the innovation the can-do approach the questioning the adaption in terms of trying to find solutions and at the end of the day you and I always know Justine where people have said oh yeah Neil, we've done it we've cracked it you know they haven't yeah. because there's always going to be another question of well how can I do it better and what happens if you know what happens if it's too wet or what happens if it's too dry and I and I think you know that capability to adapt is something that actually is really driving change whether it be for improving biodiversity improving soil health and improving ultimate you know the capability of our farmers to deliver and you know we've talked about it before Justine around the importance of health and diversity and that really does have to be within the health of our farm businesses and the diversity of our crops right through to the capability of the farming industry to be a key part of the solution and COP26 is going to be all about practical approaches and beyond that some ambitious targets to ensure that we really mitigate against climate change in an effective way.
0: You remind me all the time that that there is no end point in sustainability. IFM is built on that bedrock philosophy of continual improvement and we are all changing and adapting all the time and that there would there will be no end point
1: no I mean I can remember you know when we had our, our first leaf audit it was obviously designed back in 1993 as carbon copy paper version and it was in the 1990s late 1999 that we saw all the targets that we'd set around energy efficiency suddenly crash and it was like oh goodness why and it was because you know through the we measured energy efficiency in how much diesel you use, what your electricity and gas are. Now, you know, it's far more nuanced in terms of looking at renewables, carbon footprints, looking at uh, really trying to get better attention to detail at a completely different level. And I think, you know, just as it's like biodiversity, we've been pretty good at, at trying to build and maintain the habitats that we've got. Our next step is to really kind of turn up the volume on enhancement and biodiversity enhancement and, and working out how to effectively work better with nature. You know, nature is ultimately the most effective technology in delivering sustainability. And, you know, we kind of need to work with her to understand how we're really going to manage good, effective crops and mitigate against climate change.
0: And Caroline, I wish we could carry on talking, but time is against us. And I'm going to carry on this time theme because of your clock analogy you used earlier. And I feel that the framework of IFM will be the tool that we use to get those inner workings of that clock ticking on time and keeping farmers to rhythm as they press ahead over the next decade.
1: Yeah, no, a very good analogy. (laughs) Thank you, Justine.
0: Thank you, Caroline, for sparing time to chat with us today i'm justine hards and editing all our podcasts with such skill and dexterity and often patience is sam conway please join us again in a few weeks when we'll be taking a look at pharma communication outreach and public trust building public trust just ahead of leaf online farm sunday on the 20th of september caroline thank you so much and we will get you back again very soon in a few weeks brilliant thank you justine thank you